0: But uh, we've been doing a series from Jonah, and it's called God's heart, and then our part in the city. And you realize God has a heart for our city, and uh, but we have to do a part with God's heart for our city. And uh, we have looked at Jonah one, and we used the illustration of when your car gets out of line. You know, you can tell it's going to one direction or another. And uh, it'll damage some things. And we talked about when you get out of line spiritually. Here, there's much damage that you can do, and we're not. We can't do any good for our community. Like Jonah got, he ran from what God wanted him to do, and he couldn't do any good, any good for God. And we saw the importance of keeping ourselves right with God. We saw saw two weeks ago. I I, I was so blessed last week for with Brother Tyler. And I'm going to have him back again. But it was nice to hear some of those hymns on that old piano. And said, so I said, I'm going to clone you, Brother Tyler. But, uh, uh, but we learned last week that uh, Jonah, because God was trying to get his attention, he wanted to try to commit suicide. And God said, no, I have a purpose for you. I want you to reach people. Uh, that he was swallowed up by a whale. And then he cried out to God. And we talked about the importance of when you're going through trouble, pr- crying out to God, but the importance of a regular prayer life. Not just one of these 911, what, what it can do when you have a regular prayer life for your city. You realize if, if you and I don't have a regular prayer life, we're not going to do much impact in this city, right? If all we ever do, call on God 911, we're not going to do much impact. Churches won't do much impact in the, in the nation, right? And won't do much revival, and we're going to talk a little bit about revival today, but uh, we're going to talk today about uh, the heart. And you realize that you can do something for God without a heart. And you, you can do it mechanically here, and God can even use it. I've seen God do great works for people used to do great works, uh, even with their hearts not in line. And we're going to see here that God brought about a revival Uh, using this, but there's a word that I'm going to mention today, and I want you to look at this word here, and Jonathan, if you could bring that word up here, we're going to talk today about the word repentance, and I want everybody to say that word, because on three, ready, one, two, three, repentance, okay, now, a lot of times, people look at that word repentance, and it basically, it means you turn to God, Miss Shirley back here was a Joking around with me, she said, "I got to make a U-turn." I said, "I won't give you a ticket in church and everything." She was trying to go around, and uh, but you know, do you realize that the church and there's much today talk about a revival that's going on and uh, different things, and but do you realize that. In order for a revival to make an impact not only inside the church, you have to have revival and we have to turn back to God as Christians okay, to make an impact on our city. If we don't turn to God, you and I, we're talking about you and I, Okay, if we don't turn from God and get right and do some things here, then we will never make the impact that God wants us to make. And the secular crowd and all these other people will come and take over when the church is supposed to be the salt and and the light of the world. Amen. And Jonah, we're going to see here that that Jonah, Jonah was got out of the whale, but and he preaches the message. But in Jonah chapter four, you know what his true heart shows—he's angry. And God, and we're going to learn last week, next week, about self reflection. God, it's bad when God says it does you good to be angry, sit there and think about where you're at. Amen. how many of you would like that if God ever told you it does you for good to go back? When I was a kid, my parents, and I'm giving away with this, when I got mad, they say, go to your room. It, It does you good to think about that, right? And you know what? Every once in a while, we're going to see here that Jonah preaches a message and people change. That's what the word repentance means. It means you when you change your mind and then you will change your whole life and your direction. You're going one way away from God and then suddenly you're turning right back to God. Now, do you realize that this change first has to take place in the church and then the church goes out into the world and helps the world change and makes it a better place? Now, how many of you think that our community could be a better place. But we have to make some changes, not only in Valley and Baptist Church and other churches around our community. We can't just say, oh, well, this is good, and then, and, and, boy, that was a good song Hannah sang, and that was a good sermon, and go home and just not do nothing. We have to make those changes so we can make the community a better place. And And we're going to see here that Jonah goes to Nineveh here, and he preaches the word of God. And we're going to see here that he gets a second chance here. And when God gives you a second chance, you better think about that. You better think about life. I know in August 22nd, I was hit head on in a car wreck and uh, doing doing good other than my neck. And uh, I, my wife thought I had died. All they had told her is your husband is severely injured, doesn't. Those things he was knocked unconscious twice, and so my wife thought he's gone. And so she's coming to the scene of the crime, uh, scene, and she's like, "What's going on?" And I walked away from that accident that day, and it was like God spoke to me and said, "You got another chance at life to serve God and make more of an impact in your community here." But that wasn't the greatest time that God spoke to me. I w- I do a. Uh, it was something the Holy Spirit just told me to do. Brother Mark uh, was doing this uh, little uh, thing in the school system. It's called CLIMB, and it's a, it's a mentoring program. And if you, if it's, it's one hour a week during lunchtime, okay, and you help children, okay. And uh, so the Holy Spirit, I, I know the Holy Spirit told me. He said, I was looking for different ministries that I could make a difference in our community, and the Lord said, I want you to do that. I want you to go do that. I want you to go do, fill out the application, go to the training, and for one hour during your lunch break, you help people in your local schools, and you help children, and you try to, to make it a better place. And so I was there uh, about a month ago. I was there, and I walked in, and, uh, you know, God speaks through a child. How many has ever God spoke through a child to you, and you said, uh, shaping up, <laughs> amen. Well, I was going into the principal's office, not because I was bad, although I was there a few times when I was a kid, amen, but, uh, Miss, Miss Melissa, sorry, I, I, I was there a few times, okay, but I turned out all right, amen, but uh, I went into the principal's office, and uh, God got a hold of me in the principal's office, and you know how God got a hold of me? I walked in, we have to sign in to this uh, little book that we're a guest, a little visitor, and I was getting ready to go. And all of a sudden, there was a little girl that came out to me, used to go to our church, and she had tears running down her eyes. And I said, you 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 went to the principal's office, didn't you? Is that why you're crying? She said, no. She said, I'm sorry. She said, Pastor Stanley? She said, uh, uh, I'll be back to church when Mrs. Hudock <laughs> is back from church. Yeah, back from where she's at. I can't mention it online, but... Uh, And she had those tears, and you know what? We we didn't script those tears. And so I'm suddenly trying to sign in, trying to go like this, and and trying to look away, and like, oh, my allergies are hooking up and everything. But that little girl, when I saw her tears, she was only eight years old, uh, Mrs. Hudock, that that somebody made an impact on her. And she was crying because she said, I really want to come back to church, and I'm thinking, well, it's not your fault you're crying here, but I saw those tears in those eyes, and they were authentic. You realize you can make up tears. They do it on act Hollywood, right? You know, in scenes, take one, take two, put some eye drops on, and you can do this, uh, and you can make up tears, but that's that wasn't something that was staged, that was something that that God did. And you know what? God spoke to my heart that day. That day I saw those tears and I looked at my heart and I said, um, preacher, do you have that heart too for people? Do you still have that heart? Which I do, okay. Uh, do you have that heart community for your community? That, that little girl who's crying and it's all sincere. Or could you just go through the motions of Christianity? Now, how many of you realize sometimes we can just go through the motions of Christianity? Check the box. Went to church. Check the box. We sung songs today. Check the box. Here, we put our tithe in. We did our duty here. And that's not going to change this community. It's when we change and turn back to God. And what is repentance here? I want you to take your Bible quickly because look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to give you an illustration before we learn a couple principles from uh, how, to, how to help people change and how to change ourselves. But 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Jonathan, if you could put that up, and I want you to look at verses 8 through 10. And I want you to notice the difference between being sorry for something versus being repented of something and really, really changed, Okay. And I used to do Bible study, James, at the prison here, okay? And uh, a lot of times those criminals would say, I'm sorry that I'm in here, and I want to get out. And uh, some of them would get married to get out, okay? But uh, I used to say, fake, 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 that's that's, the get-out-of-jail-pass, and that's not real. You're, You're really, truly not sorry for what you did here, and you've not changed. And you realize, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and look at verses 8. Paul was writing to the church of Corinthians, and he he wrote a letter because he he wanted them to change some things in their life. And he says, for though I made you sorry with a letter. Okay, so he was using a letter to try to help them to change some things in his life, but he says, I do not what? What's the Bible say? I do not what? I do not repent here. Now, Paul says here, okay, I wrote this letter here, but I'm not changing your mind because you need it here, okay? You need to hear this. Now, how many of you realize here the church needs to hear some hard facts about where they are at spiritually in the nation of America? They need to hear some hard facts here of this is where we are at right now and so we preachers and everyone need to tell, hey, we gotta get some things right, and we gotta make some changes, and we're seeing some positive revivals and things like this, but that's only a snippet of what needs to be done. But it says, Though I did repent, I perceived that the same epistle or the letter hath made you what? Hath made you what, folks? Okay, so he used this letter and he wanted them to change and they were sorry, though it, but what for a what? Now, do you realize, folks, we talk about revival today here, and I've told people before in my lifetime, I have never t- seen a true revival that lasts. How many of you have ever seen Fourth of July or the fireworks say go boom, 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 and all of a sudden boom, 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 and then it's like it's gone. Amen. And you know what? A lot of churches today advertise we're having a revival, we're doing revival, everybody's it's like when you go to a ball game, everybody gets. Excited, ho, 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 this is great. Have you ever been to a Mountaineer game here? Everybody does this, this, is this. But then it fades away. And then I'm thinking, if something fades away, how is it ever going to help the community here? It will only help it when the pump and the circumstances. And Paul says, I want some change that would happen in people's lives. So he says, I'm going to write this letter. Now look very quickly here. It says in the next verse, Jonathan, it says, Now I rejoice. I'm happy about something. Not that you were made sorry here. Okay. He says, I want you to be sorry, but I but he says, But you sorrowed to repentance. That means you changed. You were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us and nothing here. So so they were made sorry about something here. Now Let me ask you a question before we look at Jonah. Was Jonah sorry that he got out of the will of God? Yeah, he was sorry here. He ended up in a fish, and all he he was supposed to do is go preach to the word of God to the Ninevites. They actually turned out and got sorry about something and made some changes, and Jonah, his true color shows. But look at this last verse quickly here, verse 10. It says... For godly sorrow, this is God's way of true sorrow, it works what? Repentance, a change of mind, which results in a change of action, to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world works what? Now, you realize, folks here, the world, they're sorry about something, but eventually they're going to die if they don't turn their life over to Christ here. Now, do you realize here there's a sorrow that works to death here, okay? And there are things that sometimes we can be sorry for, okay, but we never really, really change here. Now, I want you to go back to Jonah very quickly here because I've got 10 verses and I've just got a few points. We're going to talk about heart change here. And I want you to notice here, in Jonah chapter 3 verse 1, it says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the what folks? Second time here, okay? God's given him a second chance saying, now I want you to notice here, does God give us second chances? Now let me ask you a question, can our chances run out after a while? Amen. Now God is giving us right now. Maybe through even a revival that's happening right around. Maybe God's given us a chance to get some things right in our country, in our world, in our city. Because, you know, we live in a very bad world, and it needs to change. And the only way God, it's ever going to change is when God makes a new heaven, a new earth, a new world. That's a permanent change. Can I get an amen? Okay, but how many agree you that we live in a very bad world? And if things don't change pretty soon you're going to see some things in your lifetime that you are going to drop your jaw open and say, I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. If we don't change as a nation, and if the only way that we'll change as a nation is that the church first repents. The church changes their direction. The church says, hey, we got to get serious about reaching our city. we got to get serious about this here. You know what, there, I see a lot of times people, and there's no change. But God was giving him a second chance. Now, when you look at what he wants him to do here, I want you to see what he wants him to do here. Because his relationship with God got out of line, and then the only person that can truly fix it is God. Jonathan, in a second, I'm going to show that little video clip, but I want you to notice in verses 2 through 4. There's a second thing I want you to see here in in, in revival, that God sometimes gives nations and cities and people second chances out of grace. But look what he says here. Arise, go into Nidivy, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I What? I, I want you to say the words that I want you to say here. That's all I want you to say. Now look what he says here in verse 3. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh is a great city city of three days journey here. Now let's pause right here, okay? What did Jonah have to say? Did he have to have this big elaborate speech? Did he Did he have to use manipulation here to try to trick people here? Did he have to do things? You know, there is something called the power of the Holy Spirit that can change people's lives. We don't have to manipulate. We don't have to to get people here. There is something called the Holy Spirit of God. And you know what? All Jonah had to do was say words, what God told him to do. And you realize, you may be a young Christian here. I was once a young Christian here, and I said, well, I want to reach the Bible. How do I do it? And you know how I started off? I just told my testimony to people. That's all I did. I just gave my testimony. Hey, I was a guy that was a drunkard here, and cussed, and Brother Ronnie, I did do that. And I, was, I was not doing some good things, but God got a hold of me here. God changed my life here. You know, there's a lot of times in my community here, I will meet young teenagers that have gotten away and, and gotten into alcohol and things like this, and you know what? I'll tell them, I'll say, hey, I was once like you. I made some mistakes here, and I wasn't... I wasn't the perfect pastor Stanley here, but I simply sometimes just give them my testimony here. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have this great big Bible knowledge here? You say, I don't have this great big Bible knowledge. Maybe I don't quite know how to understand. Maybe God can just, if you have a heart for people here, maybe you he can just use your words, and you never know what your words do in the listener's ears. Now, how many agree here that we never know what, our words will do in the listener's ears. Who's the results up to two folks? It's got to be up to who? It's got to be up to God here. So you may think, well, I don't have a Bible college degree here. Maybe I'm new saved here. Well, why don't you just try telling some of your coworkers how you got saved? Why don't you just give your testimony to a child? Why don't you resonate with some teenagers in the community and say, hey, you know what? I messed up here, but I met Jesus Christ here. And can your... Words, can God take your words and have a powerful impact on your city? But you know what? If your heart is in it, God can really, really take your words. God can use you even if your heart's not in it here because he used a donkey here and then he can use Jonah here. Now, but the key is you got to keep your relationship with God right. Now, i got a little quick little video about our relationship with God is much like a marriage. When you first start out, everything, oh, it's so great and then suddenly you drift apart. And you know, a lot of times people drift apart from God. They don't even realize that they're drifting, they're drifting, they're drifting here. And the only thing that can fix your relationship is God. Show this little video clip real quick here, because I've got a couple other things. Our story
1: started out like any other, and our story turned out like so many others. Two people fall in love. Two people fall out of love. We would be so in sync one moment, ready to conquer the world and then we would turn on each other as if mortal enemies. No one told us our marriage would be a trial by fire, and yet there we were, hanging on by a thread. And yet through it all, there was something holding us together. To find a way over the great chasm that had formed between us, and that's when he came into the picture. The one who commands the roughest waters to do his bidding. The one who gives with no agenda and no motives. The only one who truly brings restoration to what is broken. The only one who could save our marriage save us. It is said by some, the three most powerful words are, I love you. I would like to submit that that is not entirely true. Don't get me wrong, expressing one's love is an amazing thing, but if you've ever wronged another, if you've ever been on the receiving end of hurt and anguish and pain, if you've ever received the mercy you didn't deserve, if you've ever experienced the grace you didn't expect, you know that the three most powerful words are simply, I forgive you.
0: Did that marriage start out real good? okay? But then, it, did it drift here? You know, the Bible says that we're, we're like we're married to Christ here, okay? And in the Bible, there was a church that they lost their first love here. And when you look at the lost, lost their first love, they weren't making that impact here. Now, let me ask you a question. Jonah somewhere lost his love for God, right? Jonah lost his heart for God here. He was doing something for God. He was preaching the word of God, right? But his heart wasn't in it. That little girl that I saw with those tears, her heart was in it. Some, more than probably some of these people in our church that I'm talking to today, they, you do something, but your heart is not in something here, and people notice it. But God can still use it because God's God. He just uses a message here. Now look quickly here. And I want you to notice here very quickly Uh, Look at verses uh, uh, 4. So we saw that we can just use our testimony, use little knowledge of Bible knowledge, but look at verse 5. After he goes into this big city here for a day, and look at verse 5. So the people of God believed God, and they proclaimed a fast, and they put on sackcloth. Now notice here. Jonah makes a difference in this city, but if you read chapter 4, his heart wasn't in it because he's angry at these people. He didn't really love them. He didn't really care for them here. Now, do you realize, folks, people can tell if you really, really love them and really, really care for them. Amen? And and, and your city can tell if your heart is in something. And your city can tell if, if, if your church's heart is in something here. You know, we had the privilege of, uh, I know Brad remembers this, during the pandemic, it seems, for, for, for a long time ago. But uh, we were able to give away food distribution all during that pandemic here. And uh, we had people line up, families helping. We had three truckloads of tractor-trailer given to us by World Vision, totaling Brittany. She's not here. $90,000 our church gave and to help needy families in, in, the, in this community here that we helped. And I had several families say, I may never attend your church, but I know at least you care about people. Now let me ask you a question here. Do you, have you lost your heart? That marriage right there lost their way. And sometimes Jonah, somewhere Jonah lost his way, and God was using his words, and the same people that he should be repenting of, they repent here, And they put on what's called sackcloth of ashes. Now look very quickly here at verse 6. Look at the impact of this city. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, all the way from the greatest to the least. Boy, wouldn't it make a revival when the, the king hears this? And the message was he laid his robe from him, he covered him with sackcloth, and he sat where, folks? In ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king. And look what he says right here. Let neither man nor beast nor flocks, tasting anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let every man be covered with sackcloth, and notice what he tells them to do. And this is how revival breaks out. Two words. And cry mightily unto God. Let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that's in his. Now, what they did back in Bible days to show humility is they would put, you know, these fancy king. Can you imagine this fancy king coming up onto this sackcloth of ashes here? And then also, and this, week is, this week was Ash Wednesday, okay? And, you know, I saw some people on TV, they were wearing ashes. And that's, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I'd rather see you putting an ash on your head. I'd rather see true repentance, that's just my personal opinion because anybody can go, I almost did it. I almost borrowed I played a coal miner when I wrote a coal miner's Christmas play and I, did, I learned I didn't know how to put coal on. You should have taught me. I had all these burn marks. And I asked these, coal, these teenagers, I said, I've never been a coal miner, how do you put coal on? So I started scrubbing my face here and for about a week I had coal miner's marks on. And how many of you notice that sometimes some people can say, oh, it's Ash Wednesday, so what do we got to do? We've got to put a bunch of ashes on our head, but there's no really heart in that. And I'm not, I'm not saying if somebody does that, please understand that they don't do this here. But how many agree that that can, that can become mechanical? This is what we do, Ash Wednesday, this is what we do. Put the ashes on our head and then go and marry along and never make a difference in here. Now, that's not what God wants. God would not rather you have you put your ashes or change it. God simply says, I hope that the people would change their heart. Now, that's called humility here. Now, do you realize, folks, we either need to be humble or God can humble us? Now, how many have ever been humble? <laughs> I know I have before. I was a tractor trailer driver one time, worked my way through Bible college, and somebody said, You're getting pretty good at that. So I, I, I thought, Well, I'm getting pretty good at that here. And, uh, I didn't even use my mirrors to back into the dock. We had these big old concrete pillars here, and I can remember me going right over that, and my boss saying, "Um, can can you come to the office? Can you come to the office? I'm a good trailer driver here. Do you know you just ran right over two concrete pillars and how much that's going to cost? And I'm like, (laughs) and I thought, man, I was humbled right then here. Now you realize, folks, God has a way of humbling people. And when you're humbled, God can change your heart. Amen? And God sometimes has to do this to get us to change. Was God being mean to the people and Jonah when he humbled them? No. He was trying to get both Jonah and the people to change. And then it's not only humbling, it's crying out mightily unto God here and turning from the evil ways. Now, let me ask you a question here. When they're crying out for God, you know what they're doing? They're asking God for help. They're asking God for help. You ever see people before? One time I was out at the ocean, and I remember I was at the ocean, and somebody said, help, 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 And I thought, I turned my head. Somebody's out there drowning. Now, that caught my attention, okay? And I I was second second in the state of West Virginia, a a swimmer. I was a champion. I was really good. And I start to dash out there because somebody cried help. But the lifeguard went, simply because the lifeguard, somebody cried out. Now, let me ask you a question. Should we be crying out in repentance for our nation and our city? You know, I think that we should say, God, change Hutchinsville. Send a revival, not only there, and send a true and lasting revival that just doesn't last for a week and a day or a month that can change a nation because... How many have ever been to a Fourth of July and watched fireworks, and then you went home and said, It's done till next year? And that's what sometimes churches do with revivals. They say, We're having a revival. It's done till next year. We did that. Check that. But we're not changing our city. We have to make an impact on people, and it starts with humbling ourselves and saying, God, we need you. Now, let me ask you a question. In any area of your life, can you get good at and start saying, God says, no, I need you need me? Now, let me ask you a question. I don't know about you, but we need God today more than ever. And we need a change now more than ever because, you know what? If we don't have a change, we are going to see some things in this nation like you have never seen in the world. And some of the things I'm seeing in this nation today, I'm thinking, man, I'm only 53 years old. Where are we at as a nation? We need a revival as a nation. And you know what? Let me ask you a question. I've been here almost 24 years. Mill Creek and Huttsville's changed. Can I get an amen? Okay. I never thought I'd see some things. And I'm thinking, how do we get it to change? The only way it'll change if we humble ourselves and we start crying out to God here. Now, look quickly here and very quickly. And look what he says here, and he says, verse nine, "Who can tell if God will turn and repent? God had a plan of action. God can change His mind. It's not like that we change God's mind, but God can see hearts that are truly repented. And it says, "And from his fierce anger that they perish not here." Now look what it says in verse 10, "God saw their what, folks, works. God sees our hearts." that they turned from evil way and did repent of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not here. Now, God had a plan to judge this city. And you know what? Later on, these people repented, got right with God. God didn't judge it. But if you read the book of Nahum, later on, God did judge it. God did judge it here. So revival lasted for a period of time, but then suddenly it faded here. I don't know about you. I've always tried to be... My pastor used to teach me, there's one thing you can do. You can just stay faithful. Stay the course. Keep yourself on fire for God. If everybody else loses their fire, you keep your fire because you stand before God. And you know what? There are other people in the Bible. Noah. Can you imagine Noah and his family for 120 years all by himself in the evil, wicked world? But he stayed the course. And you know what, folks? Church, stay the course. Be faithful here. Do what you need to do because you can change lives. And Ms. Sudock, there was one little live I saw this week here, a, a-, a month ago, and, I- and I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at those tears, and I'm saying, that's not scripted. And you know what, folks? A true revival is never scripted here. What What happened in, in Kentucky here, it just started out with a bunch of college students that, that- – that- got right with God, and fortunately the media got in there a little bit too and brought people, and that's another story. Please don't get upset at me here, okay? But my point is, okay, how many agree here that true revival, God works in people's hearts? These college students just got together. Somebody told me, I think it was Ruby, right, told me, at Glenville State College right now, some teenagers, some college students, God's getting a hold of true here. That's a great thing, is it not? Anytime, God. But, you know, what's well, a greater thing when it spills over in the community. That's even a greater thing. Not that, that we say, oh, we got this. It's when America starts changing and the world starts changing here. And you keep yourself on fire. Now, one last scripture and I'll be done. Look at Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah. God is like a potter's wheel. Jeremiah 18, verses 7 through 8. God uses the example of a potter's wheel here. And... I want you to think how the potter controls the wheel here. And I, I had a little piece of pottery, and I wish I could, could have made it here. But if you read the first part of these verses here, he's talking about Jeremiah sees a potter making a potter's wheel. And then he says, ah, something's not right about that. So what he does, he starts to remake it again. And let me ask you a question. Does God see some things, something not right about America and the church today? So God says, uh, i got to remake it here. I've got to do some things to get my church to do what they need to do to reach their city and to care about people and love people and help people and get off the seat of their pants here and to bring revival to our city and revival to our country here. Can I get an amen here? That God sees he's the potter. And so the potter says, i got to start making something. i got to make life a little bit difficult. But notice quickly in verses 7 and 8. It says, "At a, what an instant shall I speak concerning a what? A nation. And concerning a kingdom, and look what God says, he can pluck it up, he can pull it down to what, folks? To destroy it. Now, can God take a nation and pluck it up, pull it up, take its kingdom and destroy it? For its wickedness here? Now, I don't know about you, I don't want to be in on the, fierce judgment of God I want to be on the blessings of God but can God take a great nation even like ours and pluck it up and say hey it's time that these people get right with God here and repent and turn to me here can God take a church and do the same thing God can take a church and he says hey churches are not doing what they need to do here they want to come they want to listen to a sermon they want to hear hear singing they want to do this and they want to walk out the door and they, then they forget about their city and that's not God's will it's not God's will for you to sit on a pew, listen to a sermon, listen to a good song, get entertained. It's God's will for you to get right with God and make a difference in this community. If, that, if it's not, then we might as well hope that God destroys this beautiful building. And, if, and please, I was here to help pay for it, and that makes you mad. If, if we're just sitting in this beautiful building, they're not making a difference here, what are we doing it for? We need to make a change in our city, and it starts with us. Now look quickly here. It says, and I'm done. It says, the next verse, Jonathan, put that up here. It says, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from the evil, I will repent of that evil, though I thought to do unto them. Next verse. Look what he says here. And at what instant I shall speak concerning the nation, concerning the kingdom, to build and to plant it here. That's what God did for America here. He started a nation. He started Israel. And he planted it, but notice what he says right here. Next verse. If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good, where if I said I would benefit him. Now, can God has God blessed America? Does God always have to bless America? No, he doesn't always have to bless America here. When America is right with God, God blesses it. And when cities and churches are right with God, God blesses it. But you know what? When we distance our relationship like that marriage, it needs fixing. And maybe your marriage, just a sub-point, maybe your marriage needs fixing. Jesus is the greatest example to fix a marriage, amen? And he's the greatest example. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes here. And uh, I preached kind of hard today, but I'm not, I'm just, I've been here for a long time. And that little girl, God spoke to my heart. I was crying so much to that little girl. And, and, and God used that little girl to say, that is not scripted tears. That is real authentic here. And I want to, your heads bowed and eyes, because let, let me talk quickly to the church here who would say, Pastor, I've gotten away from the Lord. My relationship's not what it used to be. And I need to get back to what I, I've lost my first love. And because I've lost my first love, I no longer love my community that I live in. You know, I've been here a long time, and I love where I live. I love the people. I have given my life for these people here. I have buried teenagers and babies and little kids and did things here. And you know what? That only is because I've stayed close to God. And you say, Pastor, you ever need revival? Oh, yeah. I've had to have revival myself. when my heart started getting hard. Christian are you here today and say pastor my heart's gotten hard to people you know I've gotten hard to people and I just don't want to do things no more because I'm this is where I'm at spiritually God bless you here who would say pastor pray that God would restore and I'll repent today of my love and I will start getting my getting myself right to make a difference in our little community and our region.